Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience, a podcast confronting current events, politics, comedy, and calamity, all from the perspective of a trans titaness. She's a verbal black belt, skilled in the art of roasting, the hellmouth, doomsayer, CEO of the Amazon position. Here's your host, Kim Ellen Jarrett. Welcome to Train Us on the Lived Experience, the show that wishes it was more whimsical. I'm Cameron Ellen Jarrell, also known as Trainos. Say it, or I'll stomp you in the streets in front of your kids. Today's episode is about the Black Diaspora and whimsical fantasy sci-fi. Yeah, sounds long, right? Sounds like a lot of shit to say. Today I have a guest with me. State your name. It's B. Jordan back again, once again, being as whimsical as the show ever gets. The, the tender villain. <laughs> I'm glad, oh my God, uh, they, you remembered. Uh, I, hell yeah, that shit is smooth as shit. I mean, you know I'm a, a person of monikers. Anybody else whose <laughs> monikers match my own, I'm like, oh, that's the shit right there. I think we should all kind of walk around with titles. That's the whimsy in me. When I walk around, like I like, I want to feel regal. I want to feel like I come from an ancient house. So I give myself lots of names. And that kind of ties into what we're talking about today. Um, this episode was inspired by a TikTok profile creator by the name of Armani Craig 2013. Shout out to you because uh, this brought the topic to mind. Myself and B were kind of talking over TikTok because they like to help me navigate it because I'm old. Um, and we were talking about how we see ourselves in the sci-fi realm, how we see ourselves historically in the sci-fi realm and how it's still kind of limited for us. You want to expound on the thought process we were going through? For sure. So the videos we were talking about were Armani Craig, 2013, just like dancing in medieval Renaissance garb over like harpsichord arrangements of like hip hop songs that are very familiar. Yeah. It's like, what if black people were around in the past, which we were the right. whole time, yes. the entire past. <laughs> The, the entire time we've been here literally the entire time but we have to go so, back and imagine what it would be like if there were black people in like renaissance italy of all places right and we have to like kind of like navigate that space the way we do because oh and i'm gonna say it um i'm gonna say it critical race theory <laughs> yeah, theory. Like, we didn't actually have to go through those things. So critical race theory affects more than just our history. It affects our imaginations. People act like critical race theory being banned in this generation is the first time that it's being banned. It's the first time people are talking about banning, like, actual history to mm -hmm. save someone guilt. But it's not the first time. In our, uh, in our past the way they talk about history, the way that history is ex expressed to us begins black Americans at slavery. It doesn't talk about what we were before. It doesn't give us a lot of cultural references on who we were before. It doesn't give us an imagination of things that we could um, have reached for or, or wondered about or dreamt of before slavery. They don't talk about alchemists and queens and kings and knights. Mm. And when they do, they don't have our faces. Um, so 
Amari, uh, I'm just going to call him Amari for short because it's a long name to say. I, we, we've, we've, we've credited you, Seth. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, Amari brought that energy to me where I was like, man, I used to dream about these things when I was a child, but I was never able to place my face in those characters. It's kind of like how cosplay is given, like how we reimagine things with cosplay. We have to do those things because there's not a lot of representation of us in sci-fi there's not a lot of representation of us in comic books there's not a lot of representation of us in movies and if they are it's in this narrow scope and it's so stereotypical that it's just kind of like they took the revision of one character from a plot in one story and they just kind of changed his outfit changed her outfit Mm -hmm. and put her in this new story the um black supportive friend you know with the urban Mm flair that's what we are we don't get to think about ourselves as things and kings we don't get to think about ourselves as like poets and laureates. We don't get to think about ourselves as like alchemists. And that's so like that's so important in the imagination mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. a child to be able to see yourself doing those things, to be able to dream those things with no limitations. And for black children, especially like black children who have now aged to their 40s, <laughs> uh, we didn't really have a lot of space to do that. I kind of think back to like, uh, and this is going to age me, Cartoon Express. In Cartoon Express on USA Network back in the late 80s, early 90s, like all the cartoons, all the heroes were white unless if they were black represented, they were always animals, mm. animate or inanimate objects. Classic. I'm going to go on record. I'm going to say it with my whole chest. Alvin and the Chipmunks, three black boys uh, the, the being adopted <laughs> by a white man. I said it. I said it. Alvin and the Chipmunks are black. We claim them. That's how they had records. White kids couldn't right. do that. Hits. White kids could do that <laughs> shit. Whole hits. Who else? Uh, I mean, like, tell me about your cartoon experience when you were young. Tell me about your, like, your experiences with, like, imagination and, like, creativity and cartoons and things of that matter. How, sure, how did you feel sure. when you were coming up? Well, so we have a little, we're a little bit different, obviously. I'm a whole teenager younger than you. So I had... Oh, I had Cartoon Network when I was a kid. My dad, I think, worked for DirecTV or something. So we had, like, the full package. And when I was little, little, you know, they were still doing all the WB reruns. And Bugs Bunny is black. Yeah, very much. (laughs) Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, both black. Like, obviously, they were... Like, they're always on the run from some white people trying to do some shit to them and they're like getting out from under always they're always getting out from under it's a very like a Nazi situation oh yeah it's very much a Nazi very much a Nazi like even though they're always in a, like they're always underdogs in a way they're also always getting some shine off of every situation and yeah. it's like it's like related and that's what and like again like now as an adult it's weird that all the classic cartoons wear, like, minstrel gloves. Very much. Very much minstrel like, gloves. not only are we going back and reading into it that they were black, they were supposed to be black at the time. <laughs> um, yeah, like, if you look back on a lot of the imagination station things that I had to deal with, like, I came up in the Kids Incorporated age, and you are way too young to remember that, mm-hmm. so I'll... It was like, you can't do that on television and Kids Incorporated. Mm. And what it was, was a bunch of like teenage kids who were like singing and it was a variety show. 
but all the star cast members of those shows were white people. All the like supporting cast mm-hmm. members were like. See, I remember black all that. Now, see, all that was a modern take. Yeah. Shit, uh, saying it now, it was a modern take on <laughs> modern those take. kind of shows. Keenan Thompson is. You're good uh, about the same age. Yeah, he's a whole forty year old now. <laughs> <laughs> like. Like, we had to create those shows for ourselves, and Nickelodeon gets a little pat on their back for doing so, but they also let a whole predator loose on the, on the entire yeah. cast everywhere, so we, we ain't gonna get into that, because I don't want no Nickelodeon heat. Um, uh, Mr. Cannon, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Nickelodeon had a whole predator problem going on in that age, but, like, you can't do it on television, and Salute Your Shorts and all those shows mm. were on when I was young, and, like, camp, like, um, yeah, Salute Your Shorts was about a camp, all the kids were pretty much white. Um, hey, dude was a show about like a dude ranch. Yeah, dude of ranch. Of course, mm-hmm. of course, all the kids were white. <laughs> um, we just didn't get there. Imagine ourselves until Hey Arnold hit, and when Hey Arnold hit, I was like, "Yo, Skeeter is a whole nigga." That was Doug. Yeah, um, yeah, like the Doug, like Skeeter mm-hmm. was a whole nigga for sure. He was Cooney, but he was a whole <laughs> nigga. <laughs> like um, he was the only one. He didn't have a choice. <laughs> and I felt like sometimes, like sometimes they try to depict like what was his name, Ralph, uh, with the green skin, the weird one who was always oh, mean uh, to Doug. Roger. Roger. When they, uh, I felt like they tried to depict him as a light skin, as an angry light skin. <laughs> I don't know if you felt that, like the, felt that energy, but I felt that energy. Patty Mayonnaise, of course, she was white. Patty Mayonnaise. Doug could have been black. Yeah, it could have been, but like he didn't have enough swag. Mm. Like, imagining, like, yourself, trying to put yourself into those things, like, playing around with your friends and imagining and being like, yo, I'm Doug. And they'd be like, oh, but you're black. That happened to me a lot when I was mm-hmm. a kid. All the heroes that I wanted to be were played by white people. And I didn't really see why I couldn't be those people. But I, the world had no problem with reminding me, like, hey, you can't be the white ranger because the white ranger is a white person. You could be the Black Ranger because he's wearing a black uniform and he's black and he dances mm-hmm. and coons it up a lot. You could do that coony shit. You could have that, but you can't be the leader. You could be the dancing nigga. You can't be the leader. Yeah, every time At it's all. a human. Every time it's a human-shaped character. Yeah, it has every to time. be about the blackness, which is why we have, like, you know, like Piccolo and stuff. Right. Piccolo's a whole... Piccolo took care of somebody else's kids. Piccolo was unsung. Piccolo was always in the background. Piccolo, Piccolo taught them kind of the stuff that they were doing. It's, that's a whole nigga role. That's like a whole uncle, like uncle role. Mm-hmm. Like you get the black uncle role in Dragon Ball Z. Krillin, Krillin, he might have been black. He was getting all the bitches. He was a little dude. He's a Piccolo. cop. He, I mean, <laughs> he, is a, he is a cop. Like a whole, a whole cop. I just like I. But, you know, that ties in with his, like, going way out of his way to endanger all his friends' lives to get a blonde bitch in his life. There it is. <laughs> there it is. There it is. That whole, like, yeah, he was light-skinned. I'm not, this is not about, this is not about colorism. This is not about colorism. I, ref, I retract my statement. If we had a problematic light, shout out to Jesus and Mira, Um, I would like to purchase a, a, a problematic light from you because I feel like sometimes I go a little overboard. That was a bit of colorism. I apologize to the the, the listeners, uh, but Krillin was a whole light skin. <laughs> that was the energy. Like he was he was trying to get Android. Um, she was wholly white, uh, very manufactured, very Kardashian, and he was willing <laughs> and he was willing to put all his niggas at risk to do it. 
it, we have we have to do, we had to do shit like that when we were young. We had to watch television. And we had to like look for cues to see mm-hmm. if they might be relatable to us. Well, it was all metaphors. It was all metaphors, right? Which is why we all fuck to this day with like X Men. Oh, straight up, like Magneto Black. I know they said he's Jewish, and I'm not taking away from his Jewish heritage, but he is the like consummate fed up black like black anti hero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he wants equality and he wants peace, but he is willing to do massive amounts of damage for it because he has dealt with too much waiting for the other foot to drop, waiting for people to recognize that he just wants peace, waiting for people to recognize that at his core, even though he's homo superior, he's still Mm -hmm. human. Well, they'll argue that homo superiors are not human. They also argue that black people aren't human and Jewish people aren't human, thereby making Magneto black Jewish. Don't cancel me. <laughs> like, don't cancel me for saying it. Um, Beast, uh, Nightcrawler. I was able to see myself in them because they were depicted as something other than white. Mm-hmm. Their, their hair was blue. Their skin was blue. And that one's tough because Beast is like the whitest one. Holy white and will do some <laughs> dastardly shit in the background. He's a whole Republican. Like, he's a whole Republican. He's also, like, just a fucking... He's just terrible at ethics. Like, he's He's fucking... He's a marketplace of ideas, motherfucker. Yeah, he's, like, he's... He's Ben Shapiro with powers. A little bit. Like, he was down for the serum. He was down for the cure. He was down for that shit. And I was like, yo, Beast, I I used to fuck with you. And And he did that shit to himself, too. He he blew it himself. Yeah, he blew it himself. In the first place. Tried to cure himself. And then he started blaming everybody and then putting it on everybody else to fix him. Um, Mystique, blue skin, Classic. also black, mad baby militant. daddies, militant, lived life the way she wanted to, was extra hot and didn't age. That's a black woman. Because mm-hmm. what? Mystique, what? Like 116 years old? She, she old looks 21. That's Angela Bassett realness. That's Angela Bassett realness. That's, that's Gabby Union realness. I mean, like, I had to, like, look for those qualities mm-hmm. and traits in fictional characters and scientific characters, um, sci-fi characters, to see myself, like, even, like, in the Star Trek realm. Right. In, the, in the Star Trek realm, like, we didn't have no one besides Jordy LaForge for a very long time and um, Lieutenant Yahura for a very long time. Those are the two black people you could fall back on. And you had the uh, smart engineer borderline Cooney LaForge <laughs> um, and then you had Yuhura who was seen as a sex object and a communications officer mm-hmm. they tried to boil her down to being a, a secretary she was much more than that yeah she didn't really get to do many moves but you know they were, that was like progressive as shit at the time right it was at the time then we we, we fast forward to Deep Space Nine we had like well Worf we gotta talk we gotta talk about Worf you gotta litigate this Michael Dorn's portrayal of Worf because he's like obviously they're all they're all, they're all brown, all of them. Even the white actors are brown. Very but much. Do you want to be that that kind of one? Do you want to be like the big, strong, like violent, English, hella man? aggressive? Like even their sex was aggressive, and seen as like wholly violent. Worf and when you was a power bottom though, that's like part of their culture. Yeah, he was. <laughs> that one episode where they were growling and snarling at each other, scratching. I was like, oh, I think I'm, um, I think I'm into this. <laughs> I don't know. Look sexy. Also is being portrayed by white writers as being like mm-hmm. the epitome of violent sex 
and aggression. And when you talk to Star Trek fans and you say, what about black people in the future? Everybody kind of alludes to like Klingons. Mm -hmm. Look, wait a minute, man. There are black humans in the future. Why are we just like... They're just not around. Yeah. Then we didn't really see any of them in like roles that mattered until uh, Commander Sisko. Yeah, Sisko. Now, Commander Sisko depicted something that was brand new to me in the Star Trek realm. A black single father who was trying to do things the right way. A black single father in power. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, this is fucking representation for your ass. I was all about Commander Sisko. Low-key, I was a Janeway fan. But Commander <laughs> Sisko, if somebody asked me who was the best, I would always mm-hmm. say Sisko just because he was a black single father in power. And he wasn't just running some like fucking ship. He was running a whole fucking depot. He was like mm-hmm. the commander whole deep, a whole station, Deep Space Nine, like ships pulled into his shit. I was like, that's that's power, and I loved that. But when it came to like trans orientation and like trans representation, I never got to see a lot of that until Star Trek, until mm-hmm. Dax. When I saw Dax for the first time, and I kind of heard their backstory, I was like, holy shit! Now hold on, I'm not up on. Is that the in Voyager? Uh, that's Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. Dax, um, it was like a brain slug or something, a symbiont, symbiont, yeah, a symbiont. I, was, I think it was like a heart symbiont, and it was passed from one. And I can't remember what they were called, I should have did a little bit more studying before I brought this up. But, but there's just, that, there's that one episode, there's that right. host where, where that one episode of uh, TNG where Crusher, Dr. Crusher, is feeling some type of way about this, uh. A negotiator or whatever. Okay. And he is one of those. And his body uh, dies and he switches over and then they're, they take a female body and then she's not sure about it anymore. Right, 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 right. But that, it's, that, um, it's that race. It's that, it's that vein. It's that vein. Mm-hmm. Like Dax is a host symbiont that moves from one entity to another within this one race. And Dax joins with Jatsia, I think was her name. And when they join together, like, there's an interaction between an old Klingon friend and Dax. And when Dax says hello, the Klingon says, oh, is that my old friend Dax? Oh, how I've missed him. And Dax says, her. And he says, oh, my old friend Dax. Great to meet her. And I was like, wow. (laughs) There it is. How easy was that, motherfuckers? Like, how easy was that shit? Like, it was like the Klingons. One of the most, like, male-centric, aggressive races was just like, oh, a trans person, no problem. Like, a person. You already proved to me that you're good. good. Right. Like, we're we're straight now. Like, Mm -hmm. I already know. So I know Dax, and now I'm meeting Dax's new host. Great to meet you. This is amazing. Like, it it was everything to me. But it would have pushed it over the edge just a little bit more for me if that person was black. Mm-hmm. Not saying that the character should have been switched just for me, but just having like more, um, more representation, like more views of what we could be in the future. Yeah. And and going back to what Amari was doing, what Amari's doing is reimagining the past, like bringing up conversations of the past where we are more than just slaves. Mm-hmm. Noticing all of his um, TikToks that he's not hiding from anyone. He's not taking up the slave rank. He's not serving mm-hmm. anyone. 
He is a lord at a what looks like a gala. He is leading the dance. He's holding it down for black people, and nobody's trying to burn him, buy him, or own him. I mean, and we talked about this. Is that like whenever, like even in like casual like bar conversations about like what time period would you want to go to if you could time travel? Like it's always assumed that black people can't go anywhere. I felt that way for a very long time as a youth. Like people would be like, "Oh, I'd love to get in a time machine and go back to the '50s," and I'm like, "No, no, I'm sorry, no, thank you. They'll kill a nigga back in the in the '50s. They would kill me in the '50s. Yeah, I'll I don't, definitely in get 50, killed in America in the '50s. No. Yeah, like if you're talking about let's go back to like before colonization, I'm down for that shit. Let's try that because maybe I could whisper in somebody's ear, but like, you know, it's a boat full of Dutch people. <laughs> They about to show up, and when they show up, y'all should bust their motherfucking heads and make sure they never come back to this bitch. Here is gunpowder. I'll show you how to use it. <laughs> like that kind of shit. Like mm-hmm. I would change history if I went back. Like I would go back to a time before colonization, before the meeting of uh, the the Dutch on the fucking shores mm-hmm. of Africa, Akubulan, and I would be like, look, look, hey, check this out. First off. I'm a queer person from the future and we aren't treated well. I'm also black Mm -hmm. and we aren't treated well. Now you can see me as a helpful hand. You can see me as a reaching out from the ether. You can see me as those things. Um, Please don't see me as something to kill. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I think like, sitting there having those discussions with my white friends a lot of time, they don't take into consideration that like, there's not a lot of time period in America that I can go back to. Right, the time machine would have to like move you. Right. Like there's there's like all over the world for like the entire history of humanity. I would like, just have we've to been be allowed. on the road. But also like, and this is you know again like critical race, race theory it is so important. Is because we know that there are systems that teach us that that's the narrative. But also we can just learn better that we were allowed for most of history on most of the planet. One of the shows that used to touch on it when I was young, I want to say around like nine, nine or ten years old, was Quantum Leap. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Oh, yeah, Quantum Leap with fucking um, Scott Bakula. Yeah, so Scott Bakula. Star Trek. Yeah, Scott, Scott Bakula was like this um, scientist who was uh, experimenting with quantum leaps in time and somehow got trapped in the leaps in his machines and they had to be he was transported into the lives of people who lived in certain Mm -hmm. time periods he had missions that he had to accomplish to not unravel time and in those situations you could kind of say that was representation because a lot of those episodes he would jump into black people Mm -hmm. he'd jump into people of color he would jump into people with disabilities he would jump into gay people he would jump now if it was a quantum leap situation for me I would feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. because I would be seen as Whatever's happening at that time, whoever I've jumped into at that time. But if I was to just quantum leap back as Tranos um, mm-hmm. in America at any fucking point in time, like I would be murdered. Can we address briefly that empathy is like a wild science fiction concept? Oh shit! For white people, <laughs> <laughs> totally. They're like, oh, I had to like build a machine and be trapped in a black person's body for a limited period of time to be like, oh shit, I got. It. <laughs> Like, I had to, like, fuck up an experiment, fuck up government-funded money, not see my whole family for the entire... And break physics to figure out that black people have a hard time. Right, right. I had to be like, oh, shit. (laughs) Like, yo, I fucking bent time. I could jump whenever the fuck I feel like it. (laughs) Let's talk about what we did to black people. 
shit. <laughs> like, like, yo, we fucked up. I was in the past, and we was just fucking up a lot. We were just fucking up. And I had to create this machine so that I can experience it and now bring it back to you. And that's when someone goes, ah, 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 I don't want to hear this critical quantum leap theory. And see what I did there? I saw what you did there. Critical quantum leap theory. First off, like, I just want to touch on, I, I'm going to do a whole episode on this whole critical race theory thing. Like, I don't even appreciate the fucking name. Critical race theory? Doesn't theory depict that it's like something that's not factual yet? Well, see, critical theory, <laughs> critical theory is, um, it refers to, and you might have heard this, uh, the Frankfurt School's framework of like reading stuff, examining like sources. Okay. And you hear this with, you have heard of cultural Marxism? Yes. They love to talk about cultural Marxism because it's, that's what this is. It's people who are using like theoretical frameworks to examine stuff. And it's like the second thing the Nazis went after. The first thing was us when they burned down the sexual studies uh, institute. Yep. And then they got rid of all the critical theory. So think about that shit. And critical race theory comes later because, you know, everyone who was doing critical theory before was white. And, you know, you know they, had, they, had, they had stuff that they were thinking about first. And then critical race theory is critically examining... Uh, history and narratives and shit through the lens of knowing about racism. <laughs> so we're just uh, we're just supposed to reside to them continuing to uh, viewing history through the lens of white privileged um, not at fault person. Yeah, because history is fine. They already did it. So history cool. is finished. They got it. Hey, we're here. <laughs> we got through it. Well, well some of us did. Because mm -hmm. my fucking ancestors didn't make it. I don't know who the fuck I am. Like, I had to do a lot of searching, but technically, like, I don't really know enough about my ancestry to celebrate it. Mm -hmm. This is actually getting kind of spicy, but uh, this is not a whimsical sci-fi. But you know uh, Kindred by Octavia Butler? I've heard of it. It's a novel about a black woman. I think she has a white husband. Hmm. But you know they're moving into an apartment, and then she she falls into a like a wormhole in her wall. Okay. And she go, and she like quantum leaps as her whole self back to like uh, the antebellum South, and where she like keeps intersecting the with the life of one of her ancestors, who's a white. Is, isn't Jan, um, um, Janelle Monet doing one one of those? Uh, isn't it like a, a they're making that into a series it's, that sounds familiar hold on I don't know that that sounds familiar like that I, I think Janelle Monae is doing that that'd be sick as hell if true it would it would um, because yeah like it's whimsical it's like it's like high sci-fi magical stuff but it's really fucking hard to think about what it's like for us to exist outside of that framework of slavery <laughs> right like uh huge nod to lovecraft country mm -hmm, mm -hmm. lovecraft country was my shit um even though it kind of tackled racism and all that stuff i love the fact that it viewed it through the lens of magic and horror and like gifts and and losses and mm -hmm. that made like because first off lovecraft's a fucking piece of shit <laughs> hugely racist a like huge, so spicy uh, racist not even what we think of 
Like, right. Italians are bad racist. Like, he was, like, he was probably one of those, like, racist whites that ate people before. Like, had a taste of black skin before. Because that was the thing, guys. Mm. Critical race theory is going to erase that soon, so we should probably say that now. White problematics used to eat brown people. Europeans ate mummies. There it is. There's cookbooks from the 1920s, How to Cook Nigger Stew. Hmm. They don't teach us about that. They didn't teach us about that in the first run of critical of the abolishment of critical race theory, which was just like a re-erasure of any history that wasn't white. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we all know that like the, the education system is already fucking askew. But like Lovecraft was like the kind of fucking racist that didn't even involve brown people in his stories. Like they weren't we weren't even butlers or servants in his stories. So for Lovecraft Country to come out the box. And I'm, spoiler alert, if you didn't watch Lovecraft Country, I'm about to spoil some shit for y'all. At the end of the day, Lovecraft Country, the remake, the the series, was about the magic of black people and how we reclaimed Mm -hmm. that magic back for ourselves and cut off the white world from it and applause all around. Applause all around. Because it's about time that a group of black characters... And it touched on so much. It touched on the mm-hmm. occult. It touched on divination. It touched on sci-fi. Like the sci-fi episodes with the leap, the jumps into, um, uh, like, what was her name? She was every woman at one point, pretty much. I Am Hippolyta was the name of the episode. Yeah, I Am Hippolyta is my favorite episode. That that episode touched me so much. It was mm-hmm. about the creation of self. And in watching that, I could feel, like, my transness tingling because mm-hmm. that's what I'm that's the, mm-hmm. the the movement I'm on right now is I'm creating another being no other beings on this planet have the power to cre- recreate themselves like trans people do and to watch that episode with uh, I am Hippolyta and like just the movement from becoming a warrior to being a dancer to being free to be queer in a time where it wasn't mm-hmm. free to do so like it was so beautiful and then for, for it to have that extra sticker of it uh, on it of like being a huge middle finger to fucking H.P. Lovecraft like I was like mm-hmm. this, is, this is everything this is everything and that episode was so amazing because like you know there's the stage where she's like an like a space Amazon right who's like literally tearing up cowboys but also she went back to like our real history yeah with uh, a bisexual black Nazi murdering spy and was a real ass person real as fuck I liked how it tied in and I liked how they, they spoke about Emmett Till and they spoke about like the black magic and, and, and about black magic I don't really believe in black magic as a pagan but they spoke about mm. how like Roots and all that other stuff were intertwined with these stories and could possibly be a perspective that was being had at that time. And I was like, this is fucking everything. This is everything. And like to be in an age where you get to see those kind of stories is so great. Like, um, uh, Peel with his, um, uh, directions, he's been mm-hmm. going with, with us. And like, um, it was just, it's just so outstanding to start seeing those stories being told. And I just want them to get gayer with it. Just get gayer with that shit. You have to work on intersectionality. That's yeah. like, yeah. Like, there's, there's like when, I, when we're talking about like being, you know, kids and what was around, you know, because I was a kid in the 90s and 2000s, we had like actual stuff for black people with black people in it, but it was so mono dimensional. Right. Like, I remember really, it was really important to me when I was little 
for the the Static Shock cartoon on WB to be around. Oh yeah, very but, much. But that was again just the one thing. Like it was very like Black History all the time, Black yeah. History Month all the time. I remember there was this commercial. I mean, this cartoon that they made us watch, and it was called like Malcolm and Me, and it was about my friend these- Martin. Yeah, my friend Mount Martin, and it was like it was, that shit fucked with me so hard because we were sitting there and everybody was like, "This is fun." And I'm like, "Yo, this is fucked up." Like, how come everything about us is about like the struggle? Mm-hmm. Like yesterday, we watched like fucking Indian in the cupboard, and that was about the fucking struggle. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck? Like, why is it always about the struggle? And, and then you put on a movie about white kids, and it's like Footloose. Mm-hmm. And like all the fucking eighties, like like drunk college movies, those shits weren't about struggle. It was about being fucking wholly problematic and people mm-hmm. being like, oh, "This is cool." Panty raids and like touching women against their will and like fucking being mean to minorities and poor people. That was the eighties. Mm-hmm. That was movies in the eighties. That was television in the eighties. There's so much problematic shit from my childhood that I have to really be like, "Yo, I watched this," and as a kid. Was like, yeah, this is this was formative cool. for me. <laughs> like, yeah, this is fucking cool. But if like you think like, like I'm a huge um, uh, disclosure. Everybody thinks I'm super hard, but my favorite movie of all time is super problematic, and it's Sixteen Candles. Oh yeah, <laughs> me and my my nesting partner almost watched that like last year. We we're like, oh, this is a comfort movie, and I'm like. Okay, but I just want to make sure that we're talking about the same movie because there's that part where Jake gives his girlfriend away. Right. <laughs> or how everybody was, like, worshipping the theft of this girl's panties. It ramps up. And I thought it was the greatest movie ever until I, like, watched it again as an adult and was like, what the fuck was I allowed to watch? Or Weird Science. I mean, Weird Science is a little bit better because she doesn't let them do anything. True. They're gonna. True, but it's implied that they were she was <laughs> but just she, yeah, they were they were, with, they were finna. But like, she yeah. has agency. Yeah, she has agency. <laughs> but like think about the agency they gave a computer programmed woman that they would not give brown people. Mm. Or Ferris Bueller's Day Off. How I watched that whole movie and was like, I love this movie, and then watched it again as an adult, and there wasn't even a black person in the background. Mind you part of this shit was shot in like downtown Manhattan and they're in Chicago like it's set in Chicago which right they shot the shit like they shot that one parade part in New York not even the valets the valets are both not you don't see any black people who have any lines worth a damn except Mm -hmm. for the one who stole a car (laughs) him and a Mexican dude stole a car (laughs) I knew it I'm like, I know it. And my friends used to get so mad when I'd be like, there's no black people in this movie. And they'd be like, cool, why can't you just watch the movie? I was like, because there's nothing there that represents me other than servants and criminals. Like, I know, like the, the entirety of culture flips that. Right. Where, like, they can't, like, they can't relate to people of color. They can't relate to women. They can't relate. Like, it's so hard so to hard. try to relate to someone who's not exactly you when we only do that. We only get to do that. Right. I came up like uh, you came up in the 90s and the 2000s I came up in the 80s and the 90s and in the 80s and the 90s you want to talk about lack of representation like we had Roz um, she was a bailiff in Night Court mm. we had um, 
in Taxi, they had like a dispatcher who was black, who was on mm-hmm. like three or four episodes. Friends, there was two black people on those, in the whole entirety of that show, was two black people on that show. The Facts of Life, the black girl in the show was living in a boarding house for wayward girls. She still had to be the quirky, fashionable, hip one. <laughs> like, what else do we have in the eighties? Uh, cartoons, like, and cartoons just did not depict black people. Mm-hmm. Like, if the cartoon characters who were animals and animate objects interacted with somebody, it was definitely going to be a white person. Mm-hmm. They were all of a sudden never-ending story. One black person in all of never-ending story. One brown-skinned person in that whole fucking series. RoboCop, there was a couple black officers, but they were crooked. They didn't have any lines. Terminator, like you you saw black people, they didn't say shit the whole movie. Um, Mm. Predator, the black guy in the movie for Predator was crazy and he he looked like he was kind of a rapist. He was always like shaving his bald head with a knife with no shaving cream. Does Does he live in that movie? Does Carl Brothers live in Predator? I don't remember. No, no Carl Weathers does not no. live in that movie. Um, niggas don't get to live in movies. A <laughs> um, uh, uh, Rocky, like, right, yeah, they fucking kill him. They kill him. Like, I was like, yo, Apollo Creed's my shit. Watched the first movie. I was like, yo, he's fucking dope. And then I watched like Rocky in three, and I was like, yo, Apollo's about to beat shit out of this fucking Russian dude. He's about the to whoop first his shit that ass. happened. And he gets murdered. And I like legit, like I remember we were watching it in my living room, and my dad. It was like the one time me and my dad sat down, and we were mm-hmm. getting ready to watch something. And I was so into it because I was like, I love Carl Weathers because he was mm-hmm. sexy as fuck. By the way. <laughs> um all those muscles and like mm-hmm. little shorts and crop tops I was like oh this is gay heaven <laughs> <laughs> and like I'm sitting there trying to watch low key fantasizing and my dad was like oh you're ready to watch the movie and then like we're watching and like like it was literally like the first 20 minutes of the movie he was just mm. murdered off in front of his kid and his wife died in front of everybody and he went out like a sucker cause he came out to, I, that I, like I Live in America song with James Brown he came out showboating mm-hmm. and being over the top and being too much and they murdered him for it I was like god damn the 80s was a fucking tumultuous time to look for representation as a black person added black queer person addendum mm-hmm. black queer trans person yeah there's was almost no like intersectional representation but like especially like as like a geek media person right like it is it is more like it's more resistant and faster than mainstream culture simultaneously somehow we had steve urkel in the beginning of the 90s and then they betrayed his nerdiness by making him splitting him into two different people stefan urkel stefan urkel get the fuck out of here with that shit everybody was into stefan i was not i was not it was the whole, like, she's all that treatment to step on her. Mm-hmm. Like, they were like, just take his glasses off and pull his pants down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's a totally different person. <laughs> like, um, Mo- Moira. I was into Moira, the girl who dated um, Steve Urkel. Mm. She died. Oh, she was a great actress, mm. but she died really young. I was into her because she was, like, a nerdy black girl who was, like, into science and into reading, and she loved books, and she was, like really quirky I loved her and I never got why Steven Urkel was chasing after Laura's dry ass she was dry like there was really there's really nothing to her tell me something that she was into mm. tell me something that she did that was great 
going to college eventually. Yeah, she went to college. I guess. She, she hung <laughs> out with... Getting off she is cu- a cool trait. She, she kind of hung out with cool people. Like, uh, Eddie Winslow was cooler than her. <laughs> like, I mean, like... In the in the realm of like the eighties and the nineties when it came to representation, it was it was fucking ridiculous. Trying to just view yourself in the world of whimsy, see yourself through a whimsical lens. Mm-hmm. Like it was just it was nothing like that. And and now there's so many facets that are trying to bring that out and it's still mm-hmm. pushed back against it. And just for us to like take the time and be on TikTok, like just scrolling through and be like wait a minute like i never thought about like us during like the romantic age or us like during the bronze age because they teach about greeks and romans they don't say anything about africans during that age except where we were savages and we're right there the whole time we like we, they were like especially rome like we're so intermingled right especially because they're right there like we literally we literally taught them how to bathe and shit like was like, hey, like you know these houses where you guys are all going into and then like sitting in water and having sex and shit like that. You probably shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> like you probably shouldn't be sitting in your own filth. You probably shouldn't be dumping shit into the streets. But whatever. Mm. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like whatever. Like so you can't like go back and be like, oh, I want to be like a. Um, and no other place do you see that like play out in, like RPG games, board games, like Dungeons and Dragons. I started playing Dungeons and Dragons when I was young, and like I was always like kind of resigned. like second edition. Yeah, and mm. and I was always kind of told in the groups that I was in that there were certain characters I just couldn't be. I was resided to be a barbarian or the bard, so I either had to be brute strength or entertainment. And back then, it was like actually like textually racist. Like there was stuff about like. Was it like only humans could be twentieth level paladins and shit because other races just were like intrinsically not heroic, right? And only very, 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 very recently did they in the in fifth edition edit out racial alignments. Yeah, but like Giant Lab is trying to bring back like D and D and all that other stuff. Like, and with Giant Lab, they're already making pro- like they're already setting back progress by being openly transphobic. Yeah, they're being like anti because the thing about the the new revived TSR yeah. is that like Wizards of the Coast is they're woke and we, we're going to play real RPGs. So, you know, trans people can't be real. A race race has to be biologically real. Like what the fuck? <laughs> so you mean I can shoot lightning from my hands. But God forbid I'm trans. Do, do they hear themselves? Like I can conjure fire, but I should only have ones. I should only be reside to what my genitals are. Period. You can't be more than what your genitals say you are, and that's ridiculous in a world of fantasy. That a bunch of white men, once again, a bunch of white men have made a decision to exclude people. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening in the arts, and that's what's happening in cinema, and that's what's happening in sci-fi. And, like, when's that shit going to stop? When are children of the queer persuasion, when are children of of indigenous and and, and brown and POC backgrounds going to have the freedom to imagine like white kids do? When we get to make stuff, and we, we do. Like, I'm... What's it called? It's called something... The Motherland. There's, like, a black-designed 
black themed TTRPG out right now. I forget its exact name, but like it's out and it's black. It's like it's like intentionally specifically black. Like we all make our own stuff, but like it's it's so hard. You know, it's like how we don't own homes. Like it's like generational wealth. It's like it's hard to get into the echelon of making the stuff that white people been making. Although I do want to say, like I've been on a comics journey lately. Okay. Because you know we we've talked about Immortal Hulk. I love 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 that book, but uh, it's finishing up in issue fifty, so I'm trying to replace it with stuff. Okay. And there's a new X Men ish called Children of the Atom. Which is written by an Afro-Latina uh, author named okay. Vita Ayala. Okay. And they're non-binary, and they're black, and they're going hard as fuck. They're, they have the new Static Shock, they're writing that, and then Children of the Atom is a cast of... Actually, let me share my screen really quick, because I pulled it up to show you. Okay. Let me stop sharing mine. Yeah, like I, I like while you're pulling that up, like I was re, I, I'm a Storm fan. I've been a Storm go hard for a very long time, and what they're doing with Storm is amazing. Oh shit, that artwork's great. Yeah, I'm, it's a really good looking book. Um, and from you know left to right, they're Afro Latino. There's a this is a white butch Cyclops fan girl. Okay. And there's a big tall black angel type. Okay. Um, Angel, Nightcrawler, little brother, step, little brother of, uh, I guess, half brother of the Miss Marvel boy who's ace. Uh, the one on the left is a lesbian. I think, like, they're, they're, they're all queer. They're all different races. It's like extremely Captain Planet vibes. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're all kind of like second generation. Like, it looks like a Gambit, Cyclops, Nightcrawler. I want to say Wolverine. It's Jean Grey's old shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, it is. And it's really cute, and it feels better because, you know, Captain Planet was made in a fucking Ted Turner lab. <laughs> it's like, appeal to everybody equally, and, like, you know, just to, like, diversity for diversity's sake. That's bullshit, because the, they, didn't, they didn't give those powers out equally. They did my black <laughs> dude. They did my man Kwame wrong as fuck. Kwame got the power of heart. What the fuck you gonna do with that? No, Kwame was Earth. Oh, 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 Mati was heart. Ah, you're South right. American indigenous. You're but although I do want to say, if we're gonna be talking about it, heart is the best one. I mean, it's like it has mind control in it. He can talk to animals. All right, he can like it. change people's minds. I get it he can, now. Like, like I'm just transform kinda, people's feelings. I'm kind of rusty on it, so it's just kind of like manipulation. I'm like an, <laughs> an I'm like a support type in real life, so I am very defensive of Mati. Well, you already know I'm a tank, so <laughs> I'm a tank in real life. So, um, yeah, like just like thinking about all those stuff and how this uh, the revolution of like black sci-fi is coming about and black comic books is coming about. There's so many like barriers in the way, and those barriers are all based upon like white supremacy, mm-hmm. and and the fact that like generational like barriers are that when you were a black nerd in the '80s. You got completely shit on. Girls mm-hmm. didn't want to talk to you. Guys didn't want to hang with you. Like, you was just a nerd, and it was just not seen cool to be those mm-hmm. things. And then the disparity of finances. Like, most of these games are wholly expensive for no fucking reason. Just to join in costs, like, hundreds of fucking dollars. 
Yeah, we're talking about D&D. Like, the core rule books are, like, $90 altogether. Yep. And then, like, Magic the Gathering, buying a good deck is, like, almost $200. And uh, Warhammer. Um, Warhammer, you got to buy pieces and paint. Oh, yeah, I got to fucking buy minis. You got to build shit. Like, you, or, you, or you could buy it. Building mm. shit is cheaper, but it's still expensive. Like, I was into all of that shit when I was young, and, like, I was constantly, like, ostracized for being black and queer. I was constantly being ostracized from Mm. groups for being black and queer. That even tied into back when I played music. I played in a couple bands when I was a teenager. And I was always getting kicked out of the bands for just being black. Shout out to Danny Valentino. I was in a band called Hybrid Eye. And um, I was kicked from the band because he told the rest of the band that we were never going to get signed with a black singer. Yeah, we're going to sit on that for a second. That's really sad. It's embarrassing. It's fucked up because they still didn't get signed without me. Hmm. Like, it's fucked up because, like, you know, like, with all this stuff, is like, it's like, there's interlocking gears. Because in a way, he might have been right. In another way, what a piece of shit he is for doing that. His dad was one of the executives of the Electra Records. All we had to do was buckle down. He just didn't want a black person in the band. And then shout out to Hybrid Eye because most of the guys were cool. But here's the outcome of what happened to most of us. Um, I'm not going to say the rest of their names except for Danny Valentino. Fuck you with a sick dick. Um, uh, (laughs) The drummer got herpes. Cause he was wilding <laughs> like um and he got a girl pregnant and he got married and i guess they're doing okay we don't talk anymore um the first drummer uh is still playing drums still in bands but very problematic very uh mm. controlling um the third drummer now see we have three drummers <laughs> the third drummer went to college got indoctrinated kind of a white supremacist now uh-huh. and then there was a, there was two bass players I was a bass player and the lead singer and then there was another late bass player so I was the lead bass player and this other person was the rhythm bass player we were cool until college um, I started being really gay he started getting uh-huh. all the draws and I wasn't cool enough <laughs> to hang around anymore uh-huh. because the new crowd of people that he was hanging with didn't like niggers so Right, that's how hard it went. And then Danny Valentino is just kind of like the hang around at House Guitars, who is now in his 40s, who's trying to play with teenage bands. They don't want him around because they're never going to get signed with an old person. Suck my dick from the back. <laughs> like, that's how I feel. And here I am with my own show talking about cool shit with you. So I'm that's winning. Good. So I'm winning. <laughs> I'm winning. I'm winning. And guess what? No one's going to kick me off the show saying that we're never going to get anywhere because I'm black. Ridiculousness. That was the, kind the whole of, fucking point. That's the kind of shit that we had to deal with with just within just the science the science mm. fiction gaming realm. Like still to this day like black gamers aren't respected as much as uh, as white gamers and there's some really good gamers out there doing their thing but their aesthetic it's like oh they're a little too urban. What the fuck the best is that? gamer mean? of all time is a queer black furry Ooh. and sonic fox every every game he gets his paws on he tears that shit up champion of like 
every game. Can we make sure that we put all these um, callbacks into oh, the, for sure. into like yeah the description? Because I want to make sure everybody's getting their credit when we're talking about them and stuff. And also like let's let's just start sharing create creative space with those kind of people. Let's start like intertwining our stuff. See if we could do some collabs, do some talks, some interviews with these kind of people. Because like mm-hmm. I think that's what we should be doing with my platform as well. I think we should be giving more voices to them. I, I know like some people came here to listen to to trans black trauma, but I don't want to do that all the time. That leads to like mental breakdowns and long hiatuses without doing fucking mm-hmm. shows. And I don't want to do that. I want to make sure that I'm talking about real things, but I'm also taking the time to do self care and, and, and lifting up other people, other people's platforms. Um, shout out to only JS. This is how you're supposed to do it, bitch. <laughs> I'm on your ass. I've been talking. I've been talking about you on Instagram. I noticed you ain't responded to me yet and i have this thing where i kind of call out people i heard you want to fight girls i'm a girl square up they in danger and (laughs) and here's what i'll give you i will only fight with my left hand i'll only fight with my left hand i will i will allow you to have your people handcuff my hand to my thigh so that I cannot use it and I will browbeat you with my left hand alone. Come out of the bumble cloud. Come out to the bumble cloud. <laughs> I'm so sick of seeing like that kind of shit happening. What we're supposed to be doing when you... Now, I'm not going to get into... We already talked about her, but I'm just saying. Us uplifting other platforms is us trying to find a collective way to speak about the arts in which we represent and uplifting everyone and showing everyone's creativity. So I know in the future, I might make a mistake and say something that I shouldn't say. And here's the caveat. When that happens, I'm privy to hearing what I've done wrong and being educated about it and then uplifting people by giving people space on my platform to tell me the things I should be doing, to suggest things to me. I'm not going to have some black ghostwriter write my apology. I'm not going to do that, JS. Goofy bitch. They have been mishandling that situation for such a long time. Such. And that is not the kind of thing that your trans will do. No, I'm not going to do that at all. And like, um, just shout out to you, Oni JS, for being a perpetual piece of shit and um, problematic as hell and getting all these likes and sponsorships for like literally being problematic just like kind of like skimming other people's work and being like here's what you do if you want to get rid of your gag reflex again intersectionality is important because white non-binary people get away with shit message but yeah and being responsible, yeah, in the notes, we're gonna be tagging all the people we're talking about, and we should talk about uh, like good stuff, yeah. Like, I think I'm gonna try, like get a like a, a like a list or something or a spreadsheet, yeah. So, if anybody stuff that's like actually good, yeah, like anybody out there, like we've been trying to open up a dialogue with our listeners for a while, so I mean, like. Also, in put in the bio, like if you want to reach out and you got a question about a show that you want to do in the future, maybe you know somebody that you want to hear me interview, like just kind of send that over to at the Tranos and Tranos Libs, respectively. Uh, Tranos Libs is my Twitter, correct? 
Instagram. That's my Instagram. And the Tranos on Twitter. Uh, Tranos lives on Instagram. Yeah, I'm old, so I have to be reminded. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just reach out to us, and we'll get you. Um, we'll get your some of your topics going. We'll see if we can reach out to some of your favorites to see if we can have a moment with them, talk with them about some things that might be influential to creativity, might be influential to the movement and the struggle of trans black people and, and the revolution. I, I always enjoy having you on, B. This was a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have you on again because I know a lot of people are getting mad because they're like, why, why is me get to go on so much? I was like, because we have a rapport. <laughs> Build a rapport with me and I'll put you on my show. Because we'd we be intersecting. Yeah, we out here. But it's wonderful to be on. I love being on the show. Oh, thank you so much. And this has been Tranos and the Lived Experience, the show that went to Millennium Games to buy magic cards and gave up and bought a blunt. (laughs) I'm Tranos, and this is the Lived Experience. Fuck out of here.